Let's just say a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord. Even as we have come before you this morning to go into your word, we ask, Lord, that you will come and take total control. Come and show yourself strong, show yourself mighty. We ask, O oh God, that at the end of the day, you alone will be glorified. Jesus will be revealed. And your people will be transformed in the name of Jesus. Take all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So as a, as a family, as a global family, KICC, we know that we are in our season of new era. We are coming into that new place. Hallelujah. God is doing new things with us. Hallelujah. He's doing things that we have, we, we have never seen before. Hallelujah. And it's also a, a season of praying and fasting. We're praying and fasting throughout December, 30 days, praying and fasting. And like, you know, it was said earlier on t today, I trust that even as we are, you know, engaging with the Spirit of God, engaging with His Word, that God is showing us things that we are working with. And I just love the Holy Spirit. I find that really and truly, you know how we popularly say the Spirit is one. He truly is one. He has a message. He has a word for us. And I find that He keeps hammering the same thing, right, at a particular point in time. That, that um, signifies that, you know, we have to have our antennas up and pick precisely what He's saying to us. And I trust that we will in the name of Jesus. This month, we have been looking at glad tidings. PD started with us um, on this topic last week and helping us to know that this is our season, also our season of glad tidings. We should be expecting, hallelujah, hallelujah, it is that season. This is the beginning of that season. It continues. It doesn't stop in December. It continues beyond December. And I believe that God has a word for us today that will help us activate all of the good news that, you know, we must experience in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's start off. Um, let us go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. And it says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. I'll read it again. It says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Um, some other versions will say he went about proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we remember one of the things P.D. said, one of the last things he said last week, he said that we need to accept the good news. And the good news is who? Jesus. Jesus is the good news. Hallelujah. But what do we see here? We see the good news himself. Bearing glad tidings. Bringing good news. Hallelujah. The good news himself. Bringing good news. What, that, what does that say to you? He is the source of good news. Hallelujah. He, he himself is the very source of good news. He's the guaranteed source of good news. So for the one who already has the good news, the one who has him, you know, as lover, as friend, as master, as savior, you can be guaranteed good news. You are guaranteed glad tidings. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what is happening around us. It doesn't matter in this, in this you know, um, 
world that we are with the sad and unsettling news that we come across from time to time because we have connected with the good news, the very source of good news itself. We are guaranteed good news in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I know that, you know, we may be trusting God for good news concerning that interview or that job or that business or that um, health situation or that relationship. You know, we're trusting him for, you know, different other sorts of good news. Oh, that call. I'm expecting that call. Even I am expecting some calls myself. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. But we have a guaranteed source of good news. And I think that is what God really wants us to know today. God really wants us to understand that, that we have a source that we can always, 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 always go to and know for a certainty that in spite of all that is happening, our good news is sure. Let us quickly look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19. It says, from them, that city and palace, will come songs of thanksgiving and the voices of those who dance and celebrate. From them, from you and I. In fact, I like the way the King James Version puts it. The King James Version says that out of them will proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And whenever I see that, when I look at that word proceed, for me it is a continuous thing. It is non-ending. There is continuous thanksgiving, continuous merriment, continuous dancing. And what causes us to dance and to merry? Is it not good news? When you hear that news that you have been expecting, oh, I finally got the job and then, you know, there's a reason to dance. Oh, the baby came. Uh, Oh, we got the house. Oh, you know, Hallelujah. So the Bible is telling us here that out of us will continually, continually proceed. It proceeds continually. There is no end to it. Hallelujah. And why is that? Because we are connected to the very source of good news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to, I want to um, you know, give us an illustration. Before I do that, I just want us to know this source of good news we're talking about. You know, every day we, we get some kind of news. There is some kind of news either in the air, um, the airwaves, or from people. You're always hearing something. Everything you hear really is some form of news, right? Hallelujah. And what we are saying here today is that we have a guaranteed source of good news. However, that source of good news is a source we must go to every day. We must go to that source daily. Daily, every single day. For those of us who grew up in Nigeria, for those of us who didn't, (laughs) please bear with me. And you might actually relate to this story. Remember how we were growing up and, you know, we would start watching TV maybe from 4 p.m., watching TV. And then it is 7 p.m. What happens? Your parents come and say, everybody, move. It's time for me to watch the news. Yes. And it was something they did every day. 7 p.m., 9 p.m. My father was always glued to the TV. I'm like, what is this? We want to watch other things, but you know that doesn't happen. Every day, 7 p.m., he's there. 9 p.m., he's there, sitting in front of... Because the truth of the matter is that there are certain decisions he must make that he's going to get from that source of information. There are certain things, you know, because I remember when, then in, in Nigeria, when you could only use a particular plate number on a particular day. I don't know if we're familiar with that. But you could only use a particular plate now. It was from, the, it was from that information that, you know, he knew, that, okay, tomorrow I don't take out this car. That's why we had two cars. You can take out this car today and take out that other car tomorrow. Hallelujah. 
So what the Spirit of God helped me understand, and I'm sharing with us today, is that just as, you know, that would happen, how they would go every single day to get that piece of information, you know, that is what is expected of us. Because we have, like I said, a guaranteed source. We are expected to take time out. Time that we, you know, set aside everything else. As much as possible, a specific time. When we go to that source. When we go there. And see what is in the news for me today. What is in the news for me? Because the truth is, you need to know. If not, the world will send you news that you do not want. In fact, there is so much, so much news out there. Trust me. If you dwell on that only... This good news we are talking about, it will be a bit hard, though. Hallelujah. And why do we want to do this? Because the editor-in-chief, the chief editor of the publication is our father. We know him. We know him. You know, the chief editor is the one who decides, you know, what is in the news and what is not. That, he, that, is, that is what he does. He's the one who decides how it looks, how it feels. You know, what is there eventually, what comes out. Hallelujah. And we have the chief editor, the one who determines how our life turns out. That is why it is necessary. That is why it is necessary that we must continually, daily, set that time aside where we sit with him. Where we go in to see what is in the news for me today. What is in the news? What is in there? What, what should I be expecting? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's only when we do this that we can truly, boldly, you know, like Job say, oh, when there is a casting down, for us there is a lifting up. If we don't have that information, we will just think, oh, everybody is cast down. Let us all just, you know, put our head in, this, in the stand and be sad. Let's go there. Job 22. Job 22 from verse 21 to 29. It says, acquaint now thyself with him. Acquaint now thyself with him. And be at peace, thereby good shall come unto thee. Acquaint now yourself with him. Familiarize yourself with him. Come into his presence regularly. Hallelujah. Connect with him. Check in regularly with him. And be at peace. That is the only way peace can come in this troubled world. That is the only way we can be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Verse 22 says, receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay it up in your hearts. 23, if thou return to the almighty, thou shalt be built up. We talked about that this morning already. If you return, you will be built up and you shall put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then shalt thou lay up gold as dust. 24. Then shalt thou lay up gold as dust and the gold of offer as the stones of the brooks. And he goes on. Let's just go to 29. If you can jump to 29. Or we can take 28. Sorry, go to 28. Sorry, sorry about that. So 28 says, Then thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. I know this is a very popular scripture. But see where it started from. Acquainting yourself with him. And then all these other things follow. Hallelujah. 29 now says, When men are cast down, then thou shalt say there is a lifting up. 
and he shall save the humble person. Hallelujah. We saw where it started. Acquainting yourself with him. And the way the Holy Spirit has helped us understand it this morning is coming daily into that place where you can get the news that you can run with in spite of all that is happening around you. It doesn't matter how unsettling it is. Hallelujah. So we need to come there. We need to come into that place daily. Daily. Not, not you know, every other day. Not occasionally. Not regularly. As much as it is possible. He wants us to come in there every day. It's because there is good news there for us that we can first, you know, um, uh, take a hold of, run with, while we are expecting the physical good news, you know, the other good news, right? That is how we are guaranteed that the news we are expecting from, you know, the men and women around us will indeed gladden our hearts. Hallelujah. So, like I said before, whether we know it or not, there is news all around us. It is coming at us left, right, and center. Hallelujah. Some, you know, have the ability to shake us. If we do not already have, we have not met with the chief editor to help us understand how the, how the news plays out, how the day plays out, how the situation plays out. Hallelujah. But when we have, you know, when we have gotten the end of the matter, yes, he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knows everything inside there. When he, we have sat down with him and he has helped us to know how it is going to turn out, it doesn't matter what is happening around us. It doesn't matter what is happening around us. Hallelujah. There is news everywhere. Question to myself, what is, my, what is the source of my, of my news? What is the source? Is it bringing me good news? Is it bringing me good tidings, glad tidings or sad tidings? What is the source? We need to refocus, think about it. We need to focus on the source that will bring us glad tidings. Hallelujah. And Peter said to us last week that we must expect good news. That's one, that one of the things that he said that, you know, we must do as we expect, you know, the glad tidings. As we expect it, we should expect it. Okay, yes. <laughs> Excuse my French, like we like to say. Yeah? We must expect good news. But the truth is, the degree to which we sit in that place, in the source of the good news, is the degree to which our expectation is shaped. It is the source of the good news that fuels our expectations. Hallelujah. If we, are, if we do not know that this is how this is supposed to turn out concerning my health, for example. This is why things are supposed to turn out concerning this situation. This is how things are supposed to turn out based on what the chief editor has said. If I do not know that, then I really do not. There's really, I just, whatever happens. Oh, this has happened. Oh, okay. You just take it and move with it. Meanwhile, he's saying something else. He's saying something else. But have we sat down to find out what he's saying? Have we sat down to find out precisely what he's saying about that situation. It is so important. Because until we regularly do that, we would, we would probably expect all the wrong things. We'll be thinking, you know, all the wrong things. And as long as we stay in that place, as long as we stay in that place, you see the job that we read earlier on, you will decree a thing and it will be established because he has already told you what is going to happen. Imagine that, you know, in real life, the chief editor of maybe CNN is your husband. 
or your, or your, yes, let me say husband, because that's closer. It's, it's easier for, you know, um, couples to, to share, ah, this is what's happening in the news, you know, even though, <laughs> even though, I mean, you, we have to be wise, as, especially as Christians, you know, it's not everything that you're told that you must tell your husband or your spouse, right? But just imagine, you already know what's up. So it's, everything in the news is still to you. Hallelujah. It is still to you. And with us, we already know that this is going to turn out right because we have him. So we need to stay in that place because that is a place that our expectation is fueled. That is a place that our expectation is regularly, you know, um, built. Hallelujah. And David understood that. Joshua understood that. And we're going to look at that. We're going to look at, you know, how they understood. They understood it because right from, you know, when they opened up their conversation with us in scriptures, it was one of the very first things that they said. Hallelujah. It is not an occasional thing. It's not, you know, weekly Sunday, Sunday thing. It is not an every other day thing. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Popular scriptures. We don't even need to, you know, read it. Popular scripture. This book of the law, it will not depart from your mouth. But you will be there day and night. Every day. Every day. Every day. Why? Because there is good news that is coming. And this is what is going to, you know, you're being there and understanding that good news is coming is what will eventually ensure that it happens at the end of the day. That scripture ends up by saying that to make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Hallelujah. But the instruction is be there every day. Be there every day. Hallelujah. Because the day we miss it might just be the day that the devil, you know, catches us off guard. I, was, I saw something, I think it was, yes, yesterday or two days ago. That Satan understood that, you know, after, after, after Jesus had fasted, his weak point was hunger. So that is what he used to, you know, um, to tempt him. And we talked about that this morning, right? Yes. We also talked about that this morning. Yes. So Satan understood that that was his weakness. And that was where he went and attacked. So it's the same thing. When Satan says, ah, okay, this person has not um, stuffed up on the news that they need. Let me go and feed them with something else. And that is how, you know, one thing might just show up. The things of life, we know those things that show up. A diagnosis shows up or this news shows up. And if we have not stuffed up on this, if we have not, you know, been in there regularly, we might just cower and just back down. But that will not happen in the name of Jesus. It will not happen. We know how it turns out because we are connected to the very source himself. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 2. David, first psalm. Joshua, in his first book, David, his first psalm, helps us to know that as long as our delight is in the law of the Lord and we meditate on it day and night, he says that everything that we'll do, we, we do will prosper. He says that at the end of the day, you will, you know, handle your good news. You will handle it. It will be yours. Hallelujah. And indeed, it will be yours in the name of Jesus. It will indeed be ours. We will testify of it in the name of Jesus. And the truth is, once we know this, once we have, you know, engaged so much, you know. And of course, we know that we're talking about the word of God here, right? Yes, he is the good news. He is the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Hallelujah. So that is who we're talking about. Hallelujah. We know that once we know this. Like I said before, things will come. News, news that you were not expecting will come. But 
we, we have the ability to reverse it. As long as we have found in the word that this one, you know, there are some things that, you know, yes, I was expecting that, oh, I'll get that job. I didn't get it. Um, you know, it might not, that means that is not expressly in the word that, oh, I must get every job that I interview for. Me, I've gotten some re- job rejections that I, months later, I was dancing. Father, I'm thankful. Thank you that I didn't get that job. I'm so grateful. Right? So, trust me, he's on your side. The chief editor, he knows he's doing what is best for you and I. He is doing only what is best for you and I. Hallelujah. But there are some that we'll see. We'll, we'll see some as we're going. Where you see it clearly, I shall not die, but I shall live. And then death is now trying to come, you know, stare you in the face. Then you know that, oh, no, 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 no. This one, we are turning it because that is not the good news. So it is only when we have, you know, sucked up that we can actually stand and reverse every news that we know that has no business around us. Hallelujah. And the Lord will strengthen us. He will empower us. He will grace us to actually do what is necessary to ensure that we are truly living the life that he has called us to live. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So like I said before, you know, and Pity said to us, you need to expect good news. You need to expect good news. So what are we expecting? Are we really expecting good news? And we've been told over and over in this season that expect new things. Expect God to do things that we have never seen before. As in things that, you know, we have never seen. Expect increase. Expect greatness. Just expect good things to happen. The Bible also tells us that it is on things that are good, that are pure, that are lovely, that produce virtue. Those are the things that we must, you know, think on. Those are the things that we must think on. Why? Why? Because it is your expectations that will not be cut off. That's what the Bible also tells us. It is the things that we expect that will not be cut off. Hallelujah. The Bible also says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The more we dwell on it, the more we dwell on it. You know, the world actually understands this. That's why they will say, oh, have a vision. Focus on your vision. Look at it. Because they know that the more you look at it, somehow, you know, you, you are motivated to go in that direction. And personally, I've always said it for many, many years. Like all these motivational speakers, everything they are saying is in the Bible. As good as it is, as great as it is, you know, to read. But if you look at it, the source, the fundamentals of what they are saying, God has given it to us already. But are we, are we going to that actual source first? Right? Because that source is backed with power. These other books might not necessarily be back. They are not back with anything. It might even be some foul spirits for all we know. It's just that, you know, this person has, is now prominent. Right? But this is backed with power. He says that I have exalted my word, even my word above my name. It is the power of God. We've been hearing that, you know, a lot um, lately. It is the power of God to bring about salvation. Salvation of the souls of as many that must be turned to him. And your salvation from that situation. PD has helped us understand that salvation beyond, you know, turning to Jesus. It is also, it also means, you know, a deliverance for you, for me, from that situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it is important that, you know, we're, what's, what, is, what we are thinking is right. We are thinking the right things. We are expecting the right things. We are expecting good things, good news, glad tidings. And if the reverse is the case, it is the reverse we will see. 
as much as I, you know, I don't want to go to the past, I remember there are some things that I just thought, just thinking it, just thinking it, good and bad. In fact, the day, I think one time I was, I was at work and I was like, ah, I just wish I was sick so that I won't come to work. Ah, it happened, this is a long time ago, it happened. And this is the same me that used just from my thinking. It's like, ah, oh, Father Lord, if you just bless me, just bless me. And no, this, okay. <laughs> just thinking, I said, Father Lord, if you just bless me with a car, I can easily go to work. I can easily go for prayer meetings. I don't have to. The very next week, the very next, I didn't, I didn't open my mouth to pray that prayer. And the same me, I, I still sat down and said, ah, if I just get sick, I won't come to work. I said, uh, Yes. Right? So what we are thinking is important. We'll see it in Job. Job chapter, oh, Job chapter um, 3 and verse 25. The Bible says, this is Job talking. He says, for the thing I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Hallelujah. We know that Job was a man that loved God. He was very devout. The Bible tells us that he was a righteous man. So I, I'm sure, in fact, from all the things that he said, through all he went through, you know that this man, he was in his word. But I don't know why he was thinking this. He probably forgot the fact that his thoughts are very powerful, right? So our expectations are important. What are we expecting? Oh, I'm not going to get that job. Oh, I'm not going to do this. Oh, I'm going to this sickness. Oh, this, oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. There is no place for that. This is not the time for that. Expect good things. Why? Why? Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. It says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we can dare ask or think. We do a lot of asking. We actually do a lot of asking, a lot of praying. But do we do as much thinking, as much, much you know, expecting in our inner man? Right? He's able to do more than all that we, more than all that we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers. That is the one that comes out of our mouths. Hopes or dreams. Those are the ones that, you know, we, first of all, you know, run over in our head, think about, ponder about. He's able to do much more than we are thinking. So are we thinking the right things? Are we expecting the right things? Are we expecting the right things? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will help us. God will help us. I wrote here, I said, for every good news you're expecting to manifest in the physical, there is a pre-written script already in place as written by your chief editor. Whether it is concerning that marriage, business, health situation, financial situation, academic, whatever it is. But you and I must first go and seek out and rehearse it to ourselves. We must first go and seek it out. Rehearse it to ourselves, knowing that we are our own newscasters first. Before the person that comes to deliver that news, before that phone call comes through, before that person, you know, comes with that um, glad tiding that you're expecting. Hallelujah. We must first produce it in our bedrooms first. We must first birth it ourselves first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know we, this is not news to us. 
We know how we can birth these things. We've been told over and over that the spiritual births the physical. Yeah? The spiritual is the mother of the physical. Right? So we have to, we have work to do. The good news is coming, guaranteed, but we have work to do. We have work to do. Okay, so let us look at that, that birthing process. First Kings 18, chapter 1 to 2. Um, sorry, First Kings 18, verse 1 to 2. And then we'll read some more verses. And I, like I said earlier, I said I just love the fact that the Holy Spirit really is one. Because he has, been, he has been hammering on these things lately. If you've been in all of our services, you know we have services every day in this church. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll see that, you know, a lot of things are reoccurring. So 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 to 2, it says, and, the, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So he got inside info. He got intel. He said, Go, I will send rain upon the earth. Hallelujah. That was why Elijah could actually go boldly. Sometimes I know that, you know, when the word of God comes, sometimes we are still not sure how God, are you sure God, you know? But I mean, we heard about his audacity yesterday. So he said, you will send rain, even though it had been shut down for all these years. So he actually got up and went. And then from verse 41, 41 to 45, it says, and Elijah went to show himself. Sorry, okay. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the Mount of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. This is the birthing position. Hallelujah. This is the birthing position. And then verse 43 says, and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again, go again, keep going go until I say, go. Because I have heard what he said. This is not a case of, you know, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. This is clear. I will send down rain. If he has said it, all I, I just know that all I have to do is just go to work. Go to work to birth it out. And thank God we're in that season of birthing in KICC. This is our season of birthing for everything that God has purposed for us in this season. 30 days we are waiting on him. Pushing our food aside as much as it is possible. And you know, just holding on to the, onto the horns of the altar. Trusting that everything that he has said concerning us, we will see in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we know how this story ended. Verse 44 says, and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was the beginning of, he already knew there were, the good news was already set. But something had to be done to pull it down. Hallelujah. And as we, as we engage in, in that birthing process in this season, we will see it in the name of Jesus. We will handle it. We will testify of it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Still looking at, at you know, different, different characters that activated this process. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 32. Second Chronicles chapter 32. And um, reading from verse 16 to 22. It says, And Sennacherib's officers 
father mocked the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah. A lot of us might be familiar with this story, right? Um, how the king of Assyria sent Hezekiah a letter that I'm coming to deal with you. <laughs> he said, there's a God that can, that can deliver you. Just wait for me. <laughs> By the time I get there, you let me, you show me the God that can deliver you. So that was all basically what he was saying, right? Uh, verse 17 says, the king also sent letters scorning the Lord, the God of Israel. He wrote, just as the gods of all the other nations failed to rescue their people from my power, so the God of Hezekiah will also fail. The Assyrian officials who brought the letters shouted this in Hebrew to the people gathered on the walls of the city, trying to terrify them so it will be easier to capture. Can you see? Can you see the devil's strategy? He will bring all, you know, all sorts of news. But what is his, what is his aim? To terrify them. Like we, like we saw with Job. It was what he was afraid of. That was what happened. That was what happened. And Penina understood this too when she was taunting um, Hannah. I just need to make her afraid. Because when fear comes, there is no space for faith. Once I can introduce, successfully bring, you know, introduce fear, there is no space for faith. Hallelujah. So he goes on to say, the officers talked about the God of Jerusalem as though he were one of the pagan gods made by human hands. Then King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, and King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, carried out, cried out in prayer to God in heaven. Hallelujah. They cried out in prayer. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. So Sennacherib was forced to return home in disgrace to his own land. Every news that the enemy is packaging for you to bring you disgrace. Every sad news that the enemy is packaging. <laughs> Hallelujah. It will not see the light of day in the name of Jesus. It will not see the light of day. There will be the ones that will be disgraced. There will be the ones that will disgrace. How does um, Jeremiah, I think it's 1120 that says, their confusion shall never end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we see what Hezekiah and the prophet did. He says they cried out to God in prayer. They cried out to God in prayer. As you cry out to God within, you know, these 30 days that we are praying and fasting, we will see God. We will. We will see. There will be a delivering of your good news in the name of Jesus. Quickly, let's go to um, Luke. We saw this last week, but I just want us to just quickly look at it again. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're reading from verse, verse 38, 36. But I want to point out something for us in verse 25. Can you quickly go to verse 25? Verse 25. So verse 25 talks about Simeon, right? If we're in church last week, we'll remember the story. That Simeon had been waiting for the appearance of Jesus of the, of the Messiah that was to be born. Hallelujah. Right? Can we get to verse 25? I'd love for us to just quickly look at it. So he had been waiting because he had been told. Okay, good. That is it. He says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. 
waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. 26. Verse 26. Oh, the next verse. Sorry. I just want to show us something there. And I didn't put it in my note either. Verse 26. It says that the Holy Spirit had told him that he will not die until he sees the... Hallelujah. Thank you. And it had been revealed to him. It had been revealed to him. It had been revealed to him that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So which, which, what diagnosis does he want to you know, back down to? What is that thing? What is that thing that um, the enemy brings to him to say, oh, your death better, you know, start um, arranging for your funeral? Because he had, it had been revealed to him by reason of the fact that he had engaged. He had engaged with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had revealed. What has God revealed to you that you can confidently hold on to and say, eh? <laughs> this news I'm seeing does not align with what God has said. And therefore, I stand in my place and I turn it. And you can turn it. Hallelujah. You will turn it in the name of Jesus. If the enemy tries it and you can confidently, you, you know, you can confidently say that, no, this is not what God wants for me. I know what he has said to me. It will turn in the name of Jesus. Amen. So quickly, um, verse 36. Verse 36, we see another prophet giving herself to prayer and fasting. Giving herself to prayer and fasting like you and I are doing today. Hallelujah. And she experienced the glad tidings. She experienced the good news. She saw it, right? So in as much as we are awaiting a physical manifestation of, you know, our glad tidings, there is work to be done spiritually. We must birth it in that place of prayer. We must birth it in the spirit and we will handle it, like I said, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, one of the means, the ways that we can birth this, right? Personally, I believe that Joy and gladness, these glad tidings that we're expecting, joy and gladness is actually the default emotional state, should be the default emotional state of the believer. That should be, that's factory setting that we talked about this morning. Our default, part of the things that we should find in our default state is joy and gladness. Joy and gladness, because this is another, if you like, prerequisite for the birthing of everything joyous. Quickly, let's go back to, to Luke chapter 1. Why am I talking about joy, joy right now? And we've been talking about it a lot too recently, right? So Luke chapter 8. We started, that's where we started. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. We talked about how the good news himself went about, you know, um, um, bearing good, good tidings. And it tells us that he was with the 12 disciples. And then for, I think verse 2 to five or so talks about some women that were with him and then right after he starts talking about the parable of the sower which a lot of us are familiar with he's talking about the parable of the sower and how some fell to the wayside and it was trodden down some fell on the rock some fell among thorns and then eventually some fell on good ground I want us to dwell on the explanation of that parable this morning to just see a few things about the fact that when we you know receive the good news from the very source. While we are expecting all these other things to align, some things, you know, must happen while we are in that birthing process, right? 
So Luke chapter 8 from verse 11, it says, Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the very source itself. Hallelujah. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and takes it away out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. The devil comes. You have received it. You have, you know, put it in your heart. Or at least you are trying to do that. Then the devil comes and he's able to take it away from some. How is he able to take it away from some? Maybe because they're looking around them. Oh, this thing I'm trying to believe for. Can it happen? Can God do it? See that other Christian. Maybe that's how they were praying and praying to. Did, did it happen for them? See this other person. And they, you know, they are looking around them. Instead of them staying focused on the one that has spoken. Staying focused. Choosing to believe. This is God. He has spoken. It is his word. And I choose to believe it. I choose to hold on to it. That is what I choose to do. I am not letting the devil come here. Because the truth is, your salvation is in your believing. My salvation is in my believing. My seeing it come through is in my ability to believe for it. And to trust that it will happen. And we receive grace for that, for that ability to believe. Hebrews 4 tells us that it was those that did not believe. They did not mix the word that they had received with faith. That is why they didn't, it didn't work for them. That is why they didn't see it. Hallelujah. That is why they didn't see it. Because they were not able to mix it with faith. And how does faith come? The Bible tells us by staying in there regularly. Staying in there daily. Finding a place in our hearts to stay there every single day. The Lord will help us. Verse 13 says, verse 13 says, but the ones on the, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and time of temptation fall away. And as I read that, I was like, wow, they actually received it with joy. Then what happened? And what the Holy Spirit said to me was that they needed joy to sustain it. After you receive with joy, you need joy to sustain it and to birth it. So you must, like Pity said to us last week, you must remain in Zion, in that place where there is continuous joy, right? By reason of our worshiping, our praising, connecting, receiving strength from him that produces joy in us, that helps us to stay. Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, now the ones that fell amongst the thorns are those when they heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So, we receive the word and, you know, get excited for a while and think that, oh, is it things, all these great things around us that is producing glad tidings for us. We forget the source. We forget that, no, this is not where it started. This is only the fruit of it. So, I cannot cling to the fruit. If not, the fruit will choke every the word that we have received. It chokes it up because we think that, oh, you know, my glad tidings comes from all of this. No, there is a source that we must stay connected with. And verse 15 says, now I'm just trying to rush, rush here. Verse 15 says, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, kept it and they bear fruit with patience. They kept it and they stayed. They held on. They knew that ah, as long as God has said it, I will see it. Like Job, they said, 
all the days of my appointed time. I will wait until my change comes. I will wait in this place. I will continue to bet it until it happens. Until the time appointed for it. It will not delay. Not one moment. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we need patience to do that. We need to stay believing. We need to stay joyful. We need to stay expectant for that to happen. And the Lord will help us. The Lord will help us. Hallelujah. The truth of the matter is, you know, as we stay trusting, stay praying, stay believing, you know, just trusting God. Some news will come that will want to try and shake us. Oh, you know, oh, I'm expecting this good news. I'm trusting God for this. And then when the news comes, it's not exactly what you were trusting God for. And I must say that even happened, you know, with us in my family very last week. We were expecting, you know, ah, good news, expecting. And then it came. It wasn't what we expected. And well, when I saw it, it was not what I expected. And you know what? When my husband came, I was like, see, let's start getting ready because God is about to do greater and better. The thing we thought was good, there is better coming. And that is the truth. That is, that is the truth. That thing that you are trusting, if it doesn't turn out as long as, you know, like I said, it's not categoric, like you shall not die, you shall live. You know that explicitly. If it's just maybe um, you're expecting, you know, that a good news will come out of a particular situation, right? And it doesn't turn out, it's not a life or death, it's not a do or die life or death situation. It just means that God has better in store for you. God has better. So don't pack, don't pack uh, your, you know, pack it all there. Stay expectant, trusting that better is in store. David knew this. David knew this when the Amalekites, you know, cleared out Ziglag. After crying for a while, he said, God, he asked the prophet, bring, bring the ephod. Let us go back to the source. Bring the ephod. You'll find that in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm not going to read it because of time. Right? But David said, bring it. The prophet, call the prophet. Bring the ephod. Let us see. What is God saying? God, what are you saying? Should we go? He said, yes. It didn't turn out the way you wanted it, but I have better in store. And David went, and by the time they came back, it was better. All that the, the Amalekites had, had um, stolen themselves from the Philistines. Hallelujah. So they came and received even much more than they were expecting. So, child of God, there's nothing to stress yourself about. In fact, in that post I saw yesterday, when I saw, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yes, this definitely connects. And I'm just going to read it. It says, be so confident in God's plan for your life so that there is no room for disappointment. Hallelujah. You don't get disappointed about anything because you are so confident. It does not matter how it shows up. Romans 8.28 tells us that it is all working out together for your good. All of it. So every news that comes your way is good news, my, my, my dear brother, my dear sister. It is good as long as you stay in that place, birthing, trusting, believing for all that is, you know, all that God has said concerning you. Everything that comes your way ends up as glad tidings. And that will be our testimony in the name of Jesus. It will end up in our favor in the name of Jesus. It will end up for our good in the name of Jesus. At this point in time, I just want us to just get up on our, um, on our feet. And just begin to thank the Lord. Bless him. Give him praise. Give him glory because he has your best interest at heart. He's thinking about you. He has the very best in store for you. Can you just bless him and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you for glad tidings in this season. I thank you for glad tidings in this season. 
I expect glad tidings. Even as I have heard this morning, I expect glad tidings. I receive glad tidings. I will testify of my glad tidings. I will, I will, I will in this season because your word assures me that indeed I am, that you daily, daily, daily load me with benefits. Load me with blessings. Load me with benefits. Load me with blessings. Then I expect glad tidings. All I see are things that are good. Things that are great. I see increase. I see joy. I see dancing. I see reasons for celebrating. Father, I am so grateful. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you thanks. Thank you because in this season, your people will rejoice. Thank you because in this season, your people will dance. Thank you because in this season, your people will celebrate. Thank Thank you because in this season the things of rejoicing will not cease from the lives of your people in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus and we're just going to you know do some enforcement now for every bad news every sad news that the enemy is trying to package for us he will try he will try <laughs> but we know how it ends hallelujah we know how it ends. So this morning, just lift up your voice and say everything, everything that the enemy is trying to package, it boomerangs in the name of Jesus. Every sad news. Did you hear that testimony this morning? Can you see what the enemy was trying to package for us in KICC? Canada. It cannot happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you because it turns. It turns. It turns. It turns. It turns. It turns in the name of Jesus. It turns for our good news. It turns to the praise of your name. It turns to the glory of your name. It turns to the praise of your name. It turns into rejoicing for us. It turns into thanksgiving for us. We give you praise. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you're under the sound of my voice and you have not yet received this good news into your life, you have not yet received this good news into your heart, I beg you, I beg you, that is the very source. That is where it starts. That is where it starts. If today you would like for him to actually come into your life and be God over you, can I just ask that you lift up your voices and say to him this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, I look to you today. I ask that you come and dwell in my heart that you come and be Lord and Savior over my life. I turn my life over completely to you because I understand that you are the very source of every good news that I can ever receive. I choose the life that you want for me. I desire that life and I choose that life today. Come and live in me. Come and dwell in me. Come and be God over me. I thank you because I know that from this moment on my life will never, never be the same. I give you all the praise, great God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at KICCCanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.